Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show. You might recall the day before yesterday, what an interview it was. I'll tell you, it's one I'll remember uh, from this year for sure. Yes, we spoke to Emma Walker. Uh, She's a committee member with the Miscarriage Association of Ireland. What a lovely lady. Uh, And when she was gone, she said, oh, my God, I forgot to mention to you, Jerry, that the next Miscarriage Association of Ireland support meeting is happening here in the Northeast on Wednesday, the 27th of February, right? Wednesday, the 27th of February in Dundalk from seven until half past eight. Uh, it's on in the community room in Loud Partnership, Park Street, Dundalk. Now, that's a little bit away. It's the end of February. But the other thing she uh, forgot to mention was they are looking for a venue in Drogheda to uh, set up meetings in the town of Drogheda. And they're looking for a community space or a room at the moment. So if any Anybody might be able to help uh, Emma. She'd be delighted to hear from you. So if that rings a bell with anybody, you might know where they could get a room to start those uh, meetings in Drogheda. Perhaps you'd give us a shout here at the station, 0419832000, or message us in here on uh, WhatsApp or text 086-1800-658. And uh, Emma, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Uh, thanks indeed if you can help there. It will be appreciated. Now, let's get down to business on the show today. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch the chairman of Nave Finborough uh, Gaelic Football Club in Loud, Mark McCardle. Afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, Jerry. How are you? Good to have you with us on the show today, Mark. Mark, um, and of course, there's yourselves and the Camogie Club, St. Anne, are all there together. Now, Mark, the story is all over the place today about uh, a Tom McAdam job that happened at the club. Take us back, just begin the story. What happened? I suppose, Jerry, none of us court uh, publicity like this. We prefer to make our soundings on the football and the camogie pitches. But um, last Monday, um, there was a few people doing work around the grounds, as there always is, always in a voluntary capacity. And um, a gentleman pulled in in a fancy jeep saying that he had um, a load of tarmac, that a job down the road got cancelled, somebody hadn't got their manholes prepared properly, and he was going to have to dump this. And would we be interested in getting the the work done? Mm. Um, and I suppose taken on the words, we say, it should be something we might look at, but God, I wouldn't have the say so. And I suppose then started set of phone calls. So we're all at, all at work on that. And before we knew where we are, where the work was being started, there was a tarmac truck in and the 
gentleman, uh, first gentleman was rang. He was on the phone as well, saying, should we, we might have a look at it. And before anyone else could get up to the pitch, they were already supposedly laying tarmac. And I suppose that's how the, the story started. So they, there's no way, there was no approval given by anybody to put tarmac down anywhere at your club? No. Uh, they, their side of the story is, oh, it was said to us now that with it was all um, it was something you'd be interested in doing and to go ahead. You know, it's never done like that, Jerry. We're, no. we're so careful, as is every voluntary organisation. You know, we've a, an approval process. We Our money is minded so well by our our treasurer and by our executive committee um, were careful. If anything, we're probably a bit slow about doing some stuff around the place. Mm. Um, but there's a full approval process. Individuals would be allowed get some bits for running maintenance and that. Yes. But any, any development project like that, that we have a development committee, uh, goes through a full procedure, multiple quotes, you know, sussing yes. out who's that. And there are plenty of good... Um, local tarmac contractors who are very supportive of the club and any sponsorship we look for. So we certainly wouldn't have to go outside of the the general area to find um, reliable contractors. So look at their side of the story is they're saying, oh, so we were told to go ahead. That's not the case. And they're they're professionals at this, Jerry. They're professional. This is what they do for a living. Mm. Um, You know, they can tell a story, bend and twist it. And, um, you know, no matter who we engage with. But anyway, that's how, that's how the story started. And there was, within an hour or two, there was a, a patch of surface laid, I suppose is the fairest way I could say it. And I, I look at the pictures here. It's just a, a, on the way into your grounds. It's a part of it. It's not the whole lot by any means. And it, it doesn't look like uh, much of a job to me. So they put this in. Were they there long? Did they spend much time there? Less, less than a couple of hours, Jerry. as far as I know. I wasn't around myself. Yeah. I was at work. Yeah, yeah. Like and, everyone else. And like but, everyone else, as you were saying. But like a couple of hours and, and, and they, they fired this stuff there. And then when did the phone call start? They started, uh, they look, did they look for money straight away? Oh, straight away. Straight away. They had said in the initial phone call that they'd only be charging eight euro. I don't know whether it's a foot, a metre or a yard or what. Yeah. But we wasn't even taken seriously because we weren't engaged. Yes. Um, which made it sound cheap, but they spread it over a very wide area and started multiplying eight euro by an awful lot of square metres yes. and yards mm. and said immediately now that's that's done there now if you could just get the money to us and they give bank account details and should the guy that was just that went up to have a look to see what was going on said, well, I, I don't have keys to the kingdom for this. I, we'd have to go through that. And that's when the pressure started. That's when they started applying the, you know, just uh, this is payable straight away now. It was you you give us the go ahead. And, you know, mm. it, that's that's when, the, it, you know, it started. How much were they looking for? Uh, do you know, Jerry? I, I just prefer not to say because it gives too much fuel to their mm. stuff. But it was many thousands. Is the you know is the way that I've I've told it for two um, hours work. Yeah. And and what I'm looking at in pictures here, that nonsense. That's that's supposedly a, a job well done. Are you joking me? Are, are they joking us? Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, when I heard there was Tarmac, actually, I made a first phone call to a friend of mine who's in the business, and I said, you know, I might want to get you to come down later and have a look and see. But I hadn't seen the job at this stage. Um, you know, I said have a look at the depth or whatever the dugout. There was no digging done. The depth wasn't Not wasn't a fraction of it. It was a scattering of what looked like a layer of 
tar or black paint and a scattering of um, scattering of stones. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. gravel, shale, whatever you'd call it, just across. Like none of the bump. There was no digging out done, no drainage, no filling, no no nothing. <laughs> it was just. It wasn't a joke. Like I, it was just a joke. And then I was on my way home from work. I guess I, I was having a bit of it. A giggle about it for saying, God, you know, if this is good now, maybe this is a quick way of getting work done and maybe you know, we could learn from that. Just laughing to myself. Yeah. And then seeing it, it was dark when I pulled up and I just went, my God, that's not that's not a job at all. So it's that's a, it's a skim job. It a scam. Yeah, it's a skim job is all I would say to you. It's a skim job. And uh, that's yeah. the, the bottom line. But here's the thing. Um the phone calls started. They had obviously a contact number and these calls kept coming yeah. and coming, demanding money. Um, you you, you yeah. went and had a chat with the Garda, uh, the local Garda. What did they advise you? Well, I suppose just the sequence of events, you know, when these phone calls came and did, you know, they get very, um, what would you say, very forceful very quickly mm. um, with a couple of really good clubmen just whose numbers they managed to gather. Um, I put in a phone call that night to the Drogheda Garda just out of, said, this is what's going on. We've no intentions of paying this. And they said, now in fairness, I, this, I the guards are, need a, need this like a hole in their head. Um, and they said, well, do you know, that's a civil matter. If you're saying that, you know, they, they said to go ahead with the work. And I said, there was no go ahead given. This, this is what they're asking for. They said, look, and see how he's gone. Just refuse to pay and see if it goes away. Um, I called into another guard that station my way home and I think I hit very lucky in, in so far as the guard that, that was actually familiar with the scam from something a couple of years earlier mm. in in the area and they, I think there was that went through to the confiscation of a vehicle so the guard that had this so he asked us to come back in the following evening so this took us up till Wednesday evening and as luck would have it we were in the guard station when Another one of the phone calls came. I think this was the hardest part, Jerry, was the the phone calls. Yeah. There was, I think, at, at estimate because people just hung up and were blocking numbers and that. But there was, you're talking in the region of 150 phone calls to three different clubmen over the period of 48 hours. Mm. It was just in, from multiple different um, UK and Irish mobiles. Right. So it, you, it, and multiple different people. Mm. It was really. It was really, you couldn't even do business. Like, you didn't even know what you were, you know, if you were doing business, but if somebody does a shoddy job, you know, 999 times out of a thousand, you know, the person will have a reasonable conversation with you, yes. you know, but this wasn't, it wasn't, this wasn't a, you know, we knew we weren't dealing with, you know, a, a, a proper, a proper business. And the guard helped us with that conversation. Mm. Um, you know, they were claiming they were given the go ahead and, you know, that, that was that's what made it extra difficult on us because somebody saying yes we'd be interested is not no go ahead it's not a contract it's about. not binding in my Never. opinion but at the end of the day Never. this was relentless and you were advised to part with some money did you give them anything did you pay them anything uh, we did Jerry um do you know we we felt um that this was to make it go away yeah and make it go away for the people that were that were on the front line of these phone calls because, mm. you know, they were being told we'll have to call down to your house now because we hold you responsible. And, you know, I'm not saying it was, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get any of these phone calls. They, I'm sure maybe after, as I said, I'm not curtain publicity on this, but when you're on the radio and the, um, and on the newspapers, I, you know, just relaying the story. And the reason we're relaying the story is to help others avoid this. Yes. But we gave them what we felt would cover the cost of, 
the materials and a couple of hours work and it was a fraction of what they had been asking for mm. and which shows the depth of the scam because immediately that was done this ended yeah you know yeah. so it, it's just it's proof of your thoughts do you know and um, and in fairness, it's it's probably unfair, and maybe it's the way it's picked up that the guards, under the advice of the guards, it was with their help. Yeah. You know, we couldn't chase this down. We couldn't. We wanted to make sure that good club people weren't being hounded. Um, you know, people that have put in years and years of work weren't being hounded and frightened, um, and their families being frightened. That's you know, so anything to make that that stop and we had the support we've got a good uh, committee mm. we we had a small number of us we kept in touch with each other just on the decision because it's not my it's not my money to give away I'm custodian of the chair for a few years and you know I'll be as ultra careful with all the funds because it's hard enough to buy 10 footballs some of the trainers will tell you that yes. let alone get a load of tarmac so we're, we're so ultra careful with our finances yeah. we've done a lot of fundraising recently and we've very ambitious plans but none of it included a, this, a scam tarmac but, job. But you, you, you had to pay money out and pay them off, and that's got the, the, the nod from the club. But I'm curious, why is this not a criminal matter? Yeah, well, well, well I guess I the answer to that is I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe you have to have the energy and the commitment to just to undertake this and get into a whole legal place. I don't even know where you'd start. But the problem the is, Mark, here's, here's the problem, Mark. You've paid, and I'm sure there's people listening to us today. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's see if there's anyone listening to us today has come across this in your home, your residence, your sports club. Any, does this ring a bell with anybody? Has anybody else been hit by this, this tarmac scam? And I want to say uh, to you today, if you want to get in touch with us, it's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And we'll just see if anybody else has been victims of this. But in my opinion, Mark, I'm only giving my personal opinion. If yeah. this is not a criminal matter, this just goes on and on and on. You know what I mean? It just goes on and they keep winning. Correct, correct, yeah. And I guess, you know, maybe if it was done on me personally, at home, do you know, or that, and maybe that's why the target clubs is that it's, you know, it's harder. Like, how do we take this further? We, we went to the Guardian. They were very helpful in this, but as regards taking the case, I, I think what they're they've asked for the help is to identify yes. these vehicles around the place, and then they can talk. Because I, I do believe the last time they were in the area, the guards did get to the point of confiscating vehicles, but it must be equally as frustrating for the Gardaí yeah. to see that these people are back doing the same again. So, uh, you know, it's, I know people say the law is an ass and I'd be very forgiving on everyone. Everyone's trying to do their best in life, government, mm. policy, everything included. But these guys just wangle their way. They have no fear of anybody. Mm. They just don't care. They, mm. They'll reappear like a, a, getting a vehicle lifted off them. Well, that's just an expense to them yes, and yes. they're back and they just keep moving around the country the guard was actually surprised to hear that they're back around mm. and I don't suspect there'll be troubling anybody in the area because we we did publicise it I was conscious by getting it up on our social pages but we did that to make sure that nobody else in the area they had approached two other businesses in the area that morning 
Yeah. And ours just happened to have the gate open because the grass was being yes, lucky, you know, you were, done on the pitch. Yeah, you were just victims as well with circumstances. Listen, thank you for joining us today um, our, welcome, and for telling the story because it is very important to put people on alert. And just to say uh, one thing, the, the vehicles had Northern registered plates on them. That's fair to say, isn't it? Northern registered vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but look, let us know that we're that we've closer yes. neighbours in Northern Ireland than we have in of North course. Dublin. You of know, course, so of course, that, that, that was yeah. nothing to do. There's plenty of good yeah. tradesmen coming around. We depend on them. Absolutely, the absolutely. Us, but, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just want to mention that because it is it is an identifying feature of the vehicles uh, that uh, needed to be said anyway. Look, and and we I do say they're fantastic people. They work down here. They do wonderful work with us as well. But that's just a point in fact. Uh, thank you, Mark, so much for joining joining us on the show today. Great to have you Brilliant. back on LMFM Radio, Mark. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> you have a long memory, Jerry. You have a long memory. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. Uh, once you once you once you're part of the team here, you're always you're always part of it. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much. 30 years, Jerry, 30 years. <laughs> oh, my Take God. Care. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Mark McCardle there, chairman of uh, Nave Finborough and St. Anne's, of course, Camogie Club there. Short break. Back in a moment. Let's continue the conversation. We started top of the show there with Mark McCardle from Nave Finborough and the scam they were uh, caught with. And go to Mead and uh, welcome to the show, Mead County Secretary, Kieran Flynn. Hello, Kieran. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like not, not at all. Great to have yours because I see that you guys obviously have heard about this and you've uh, uh, issued recommendations to your clubs as well. Um, th- th- it's a real concern, a real worry. It's a shocking story, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, thankfully, one of our clubs in Mead was kind of, uh, we'll say, a proposition by either the same people or a similar network of criminals that were, were looking to do this. So they, they thankfully rejected it wholeheartedly it didn't go any further than that but they they let me know about it so i i just kind of i looked up some of the best uh practice toolkits and our governance guides and different things just a little bit of a guide together just to to let our whole kind of network and mead know what happened and would you believe a member of our county management committee actually had a similar issue in, in their own personal life where their their farm was um basically similar again people rocked up to the front gate and said our truck is broken down. We have this tarmac that we have to get rid of. If we don't get rid of it, it'll be gone. So you can have it for next to nothing. But of course, he was wise to it and said no. Thankfully, so you just see how clever these criminals are. They're 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 trying to maybe take the the goodwill of people in GA clubs and other places, maybe just to to trust someone maybe who's fallen hard times. And in reality, they're just trying to hoodwink you. Mm, you use the word criminal. Is that what you you'd categorise them as, Kieran? Absolutely. If, if they're not, if they're not breaking criminal law, they're definitely morality has definitely, definitely been broken. They're they're trying to catch people out, and they're they're trying to to, to trick people, and they're trying yes. to get their money. So mm. by by the simplest definition, that's criminal. I know there's probably, of course, nuance to law and criminal law, and they're probably experts on it themselves. But mm. to the to the people of County Mead and the GA clubs, we're definitely in belief that these are criminals, and they're to be avoided at, at all costs. There is a process, and I see you've issued a set of recommendations uh, for your clubs and members, you know, to go through. And, and, and that's, that's the way it happens within clubs. Nobody does anything like this on a whim, Kieran. That's it. And it's best practice. It always brings you back. If you follow the guidelines, you will, you will always uh, be okay. But at the same time, you just have to be careful because... They probably, these people that came up and the proposition, they probably seem like nice, honest people maybe doing a job locally and you just have to be always so vigilant and the community watch maybe of the past was always something that did and the GA maybe has 
has taken a lot of that in. We are, as we always say, a community-based organisation and it's our strength, but also maybe sometimes our weakness where we're, we're very trusting and we probably want to invite people in. So, again, it's, the message is just to be vigilant. Yeah, and, and vigilance is the word for sure because, uh, you know, they, they, they've they got money. That's what, uh, you know, uh, annoys me and I'm sure annoys everybody that to get them off their backs, uh, the Nae Finbury Club decided, you know, to pay something. Now, only a fraction, of course, Mark mentioned there, of, of what they were actually looking for. But to give them anything, it, it just it really does rile, doesn't it? Definitely, and I think it's it's kind of at that pest. You, you just can't deal. You can't engage with these people. If there's anything fishy at all, like you need to ask for their insurance, you need to get their their legal teams involved. Like there's contracts to be signed before any work starts. You need safety documents, sign offs, safe passes. You know, there's an awful lot of jargon in the world, but the reason that safety is there is to protect. In this instance, so you don't pass any money. You want to have quotes. Any expenditure of any kind of level like that should be passed at a club executive meeting or even it should be related to the county committee as well and even at certain levels they'll have to go provincial or central so yes. in the GA world we protect with all the with the, the, the levels of trust so it's important that clubs are aware of that and people in the community as well even if someone comes onto your private property like that seek support and seek help and as, as I said in my message even though someone mightn't be would say on a club executive there's so many people in your community that'd be willing to help you if you ask them yeah. like we're blessed to say in my own club in Dunsany we have builders we've built surveyors we've all these different people and when I was I was doing renovations for my own house I asked these people for support you know and they, they yes. were the first people to come and help me mm. so I knew exactly the people I was dealing with the companies they were all above board because they were able to vet the plans and all this kind of stuff so I had to, I knew that with my friends in my community that I was able to Yep. Yes, you know, I had a bit of support, which is great. And that's what people just go ask your neighbour in every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, and uh, say no from the word go. Listen, thank you for joining me this afternoon, Kieran. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for being on. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Kieran Flynn there, the Mead County Secretary. An issue for clubs in Louth and Mead. Got a message there from a trim listener. She doesn't want me to read her name out, and I won't. I can understand. Jerry, listening to your feature on the tarmac scam, in November last year, a gentleman called to my door in trim, and he said he had a lorry load of tarmac, citing it was for the man up the road, but he but that he wasn't ready to take it, and they could do my drive now. But I declined the offer. Well done to you. Decline the offer is right. No, you must say no. Don't be don't be hoodwinked at all. Well done to you there. Anyone else come across this or been the victim of it or just avoided it? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Let us know on the show this afternoon. Another question there. Why in God's name did that club have to pay? It was a scam. To get them off the backs, if you were listening, they just were being hassled and uh, they got rid of them with the payment. Late lunch, LMFM radio coming up after two on the show. She's back for the final part of our uh, Better Health feature with us on Late Lunch. Laura Mad is here and she's talking today about hydration and better sleep. I will be back to your messages about the tarmac scammers. It's more widespread more widespread and there's no pun intended in that uh, than we believed. I'm just seeing the messages coming into us here. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But today we conclude a four-part series that I've so enjoyed and I know you have too because she's back with us. Laura Mada, thank you for coming in again today. Hi Jerry. To thanks for having me back. It's been great and we've covered different aspects of life and uh, living a, a life for better health over the last number of weeks as well and you've been advised us on different aspects. Now today uh, you're concluding with uh, hydration and sleep and do you know what I'm amazed at? I was doing a bit of work on this last night and today I can't 
I've never understood that there is such a link between how we hydrate our bodies and getting a good night's sleep. Well, you are 70% water. You're over 70% of water. So it makes sense that we really pay loads of attention to how much, not just, I can't even say liquid, it's water. We need to drink water. There's no way around it. No fancy water, no flavored water, no minerals. Even if they're zero, sugar-free or whatever other marketing campaign they have, we need to drink water. Now, can I... Uh, throw something at you. I decided with you coming here today, I tell you my (laughs) intake of liquids for a 24 hour period. And this is quite consistent, I'd say most days. You can see I have uh, a sparkling water here beside me. Okay. Uh, It might be sparkling or still. I drink two of those a day. So that's that's one litre. One litre. So two 500. So that's one litre of water a day. Three cups of tea. One at breakfast. Black tea, like normal black tea breakfast tea, is it? Or herbal tea? No, normal tea. Normal tea with a little, I don't take much milk in it, just tea, no sugar, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Tea, I'd have three of those a day, three cups would be half, say 250 mils. So three of those, 750 mils of liquid with tea. You're going to murder me. And (laughs) I would have one soft drink with my dinner. Now that could be, it's generally, say, San Pellegrino, which I love, the the lemon in San Pellegrino. I think it's beautiful. Or a soft drink like that. Again, it would be a, a can, you know what, 200 yeah. mils, 250 mm-hmm. mils of that in it. That would be it. That's my liquid intake for the day. Is that enough? That's awful. <laughs> <gasps> Is it? Okay, first of all, the tea. Okay. And I do love tea, Irish yes. tea. It's lovely. Okay, I've become real Irish in that sense. Black tea, what's considered black tea, which is the one people will have at breakfast or any other time, that's a dehydrating drink. Okay, it's actually dehydrates. It's like coffee. Coffee will never hydrate you. Dehydrate you. I say like a cup of coffee. Okay? Yes. But you have to okay. be aware that they really don't count towards your amount All right. of fluid. So I can taken. knock those three cups no. of tea out altogether. Herbal tea, however, counts as your water intake. All right. Okay. okay so that's so a herbal real tea. Distinction. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're amazing, lovely flavors like chamomile or peppermint. So they count, especially in the cold weather. Some people struggle now to drink because it's, it gets cold and yes. it's nicer to drink something warm. So herbal tea is a brilliant way to get. Okay. Okay. In, in, increase the amount of, of water that you take. Sodas, no matter whatever they are. Okay. Soft drinks. Out. 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 They're banned in my house. If you ask one of oh my, my kids what happens if you take one, they say that an arm falls off. <laughs> yes. I just, yes. I mean, I remember we were at home as a kid in Spain. We were never allowed to have, I don't believe there's anything to gain and uh, from drinking them. So definitely, no, big no-no. So you just want to go back to plain water. Simple but not just that. water, it's the sort of water that you drink. And this is a massive issue that a lot of people are not aware of. Okay. Tap water. I wouldn't touch it. Why? I simply wouldn't Why? touch it. Because Why? the amount of stuff they pump into it. Okay. And I know every country is different. Okay. But it is full of chemicals. It is full of fluoride, of chlorine. I just would I wouldn't want that in my body. Okay. Okay. It's as simple as that. I just believe that water is one of the most important things that our human body needs to, for survival. And it can actually contribute so much to your good health. But we need good quality water. And what is good quality water in your book? This is this is a million question. Okay, the million dollar question. There is, I mean, a lot of people will drink bottled water. Okay, but then you have the problem of plastic. Mm. Okay, and there was a recent study done. I was actually reading about it this morning, and it said that a, a scientific study done in America, and they took a one liter bottle of water from three different brands, and it contained up to a quarter of a million pieces of plastic per bottle. Minute, minuscule. You, you won't be able and, and there, You know, and there, there we are without putting the brand. There's a bottle of it there that I'm drinking out of at, at the moment. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so see what I have here. Yeah, 
you have a different container. Yeah. What have you got? What's I've the difference? I've got a metal, a flask container. A flask. Yeah, and I have what it's called molecular hydrogen water. So in my little quest over the past 43 years of my life, yeah, I've been trying every time my aim is to learn more and get a tiny bit healthier. So that was kind of the last thing that I've done, introduced it to my life and my family life about a year ago. It's a special machine. It's called a Kangen machine. Some listeners may be familiar with it. It's a Japanese machine. And what it does, it adds hydrogen to your water, okay? And where do you get the original water from? The water, add? it is come from the normal tap. It's filtered okay. through this particular machine that has metal plates, all okay? Right. And what it does, it removes all chemicals, but it doesn't remove minerals. Right. Okay. Kangen machine. Kangen machine or hydrogen, yeah, machine. It yes. is an ionizer. And um, what it does is, it adds, as I said, it adds hydrogen, which is the sm- smallest molecules in the universe, which can get into the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell. And what it does, it actually helps repair the cells and reduce inflammation. How much of this water would you take in a day? I would drink a minimum of two and a half litres a day. Right. They said teach hot yoga because I sweat profusely. Yes. I will drink between three and a half and four litres. Okay. Yeah. But this is a, this is a funny thing, okay, because I had been researching this sort of water for a very long time. It's an investment, okay, to do. And I'm thinking, hmm, is it really that good? And a lot of the times when we consume something, we don't see our insights. We don't see what effect it has. So can be hard to judge. Is it re- am I really benefiting from, from, from it or not? But then you know what I saw? So I saw my house plants, okay? Within three days of using this water, my plants were as green as ever. And my little doggy, okay? Her coat, it's amazing. So it's not amazing. just for yourselves yeah. as a family. No, for everything. Those so other things. This particular type of water, the, the machine in itself, you can set up the pH of it. So I use 9.5 pH, which is an alkaline, yeah, for me to drink. But then we have the we have what is called, for example, strong acidic water, which is 2.5, and it's the water we use to clean and disinfect. So I don't have to use uh, bleaches around my house. I can use that for disinfecting. Okay. This, you can set up the pH that you need, so you have water for, let's say, washing your face. Yes. If you have a cut. Yeah. disinfect your coat beauty water which is you know if you have pimples or a cold sore coming up you can use that water for it so it is an amazing thing okay I'm totally in love with it and even though it was an investment I do believe it's kind of like the next step in my little life journey for becoming healthier it's about remember what we said it's about prevention defense is the best form to support your immune system yes. so while there's nothing wrong with me that I'm aware of I'm yeah. trying to do as much as possible to not allow my body to get sick. Yes. So you are, and that's the secret of this whole thing is to live your life that you uh, are as healthy as possible mm-hmm. and, you know, that you, as you say, hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed, and, and you can only do the utmost that you're doing. Exactly. We don't know what's we ahead of us. We don't know what's ahead of us. But, but how much you prepare yourself for it, yeah, yeah. the better chances you have of a Absolutely. good outcome. I understand where you're coming from. So look, mm-hmm. that's on the hydration and you've told us what we should be taking on board every day. You've mentioned the machine. If you can't get the machine, what do you do? What's your best bet? A lot of people have re- what it's called reverse osmosis systems, which yes. are quite popular, which is like a little separate tap. A lot of people get installed. Oh, yes. And reverse osmosis, the whole idea is that it actually removes literally everything. But remember, Everything is not good. We do need minerals. Remember we were talking about last week about our soils are depleted of minerals. Human body needs minerals. So your water is supposed to be rich in minerals. Reverse osmosis removes everything. I know some people will pump some minerals back into that water. That's an extra process they have to do. But that would be a good way to clean a lot of the bad stuff that goes into your tap water. 
what's the link with sleep then? Like if, if we are underhydrated, does that affects the sleep pattern? Everything affects the sleep. If you're not like if you don't eat properly, it will affect your sleep. If you're stressed, hydration levels, absolutely everything. But sleep is a is a literally such an important part of our health. When your body is at rest is when your body most effectively repairs itself. So if you are, and I'm sure if anybody ever suffered from insomnia, you know that you can't function properly. Your body is the same. It needs to get good quality sleep. It needs to, you need to get back to our circadian rhythm, which is kind of a natural internal 24-hour clock, that we wake up when the sun comes out, that we go to bed earlier, that we're not constantly exposed to screens and emissions from all the electrical stuff in our houses, you know? Having downtime and allowing the body to actually switch off and slow down, mm. okay? If your body is sleeping, your body is resting, it can heal itself much better. How many hours a night do we need? Eight. On average, for mm. everybody, really, yeah. you need a minimum of eight hours. And I know some people function very well with less. Yes. Other people need more. But the average that's recommended is eight hours. If, you know, you talk about drinking three to four litres, as yeah. you mentioned there, when do you stop that? Because you don't want to be up <laughs> in the middle of the night for a pee, Laura. Oh, I should say, I, I have to. And funny enough, I only wake up once in the middle of the night. <laughs> I have the best sleep. I think that's genetic. My dad is the same. Like, So you whole... you don't have a bathroom call in your, in your, in your sleep? I would have me, me, one at night time. But tell me this then. Yep. And I would have one, yep. I'd say, too. Not every night. Because I actually try to stop taking on board liquids from tea time in the yeah, evening. That do that that. I tried to do that yeah. so that I'd get through the night unless I'm out for a few pints or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a different story. <laughs> we won't even go there. But anyway, what I'm saying is how then, you know, this is it is the trick that I want yeah. to find out about. When you do have your bathroom call yeah. and you go back, yeah. how do you get asleep again? I go straight to sleep straight away. Do you? Yeah, I know it pisses my husband off. <laughs> he has really bad sleep. But you know what's a brilliant thing for people that have problems sleeping? We got, I got him for Christmas two years ago, this tiny little machine from Germany. It's called Renfo. It's a tiny little thing, okay? And it's a white noise machine, okay? It comes with lots of different frequencies. And you know what? It's the best thing ever. It gets him sleep within 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. Now it plays all night long. It doesn't bother me because I literally go sleep and yes. I won't wake up. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm out. Uh, it just works. I can't tell you what. I know it's a bit like when you have babies and babies like noise. Yes. I used to use a Hoover to keep my youngest one sleep <laughs> years ago. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same idea. So there's lots of different frequencies. You find the one it's that a works for noise, you. Little noise, is it? In, in, it sounds it, like you're inside. You know, when you're inside of a plane. And you're going yeah. on a long haul flight, and that noise—that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it works for him every single night. Out cold, out cold. <laughs> so find something to try to get your sleep. Tell us what that is again. Come on, it's they want to know. Renfo, or E N P H O. It's the name of the little brand. Okay, I think I got it on their website in Germany. Like it's very inexpensive, costs something like thirty euros, <laughs> but it has made such a difference to his sleep. Such a difference. So you just go back. Yeah. You, you you have that natural ability to do that. Yeah. Some some people don't. I you don't. Know, if I the know sleep that. is broken, you know, if yeah. you waken at all, it's very so hard to get back. So you have to develop like a healthy routine. Do things to help you. Don't have your phone up until you go to bed. Have read a book. Have a bath. Use lavender oil over your pillow. Start finding things that make you relax and help you go into that deep sleep. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than the racing mind. I know this myself, you know, ruminating over things that maybe happened or you're thinking about or worrying Mm. about it that as well. It's nearly impossible, isn't it, to fall off when you have that. So you really want to clear the mind of 
but you have to work at it. Work. I say to people, some people just say have naturally good sleep, other people don't. If you don't, don't just like take it, oh, that's me for life. Work on it. The same way you work on your fitness and you work on your nutrition, work on your sleep and work on your hydration. Mm. So the two are inextricably linked, along with, Everything. as you say, yeah. many other things, how you eat as well, you know, how you wind and, and down. And you know what the point is, because it was funny, I did a little uh, survey during the week on, on my Instagram page about what trends, um, that's like in the 1950s, cigarettes were advertised as healthy and then we know what they were wearing. Then it was margarine was supposed to be healthy and now we know it's not. Then it was low fat. So I ask, what trends are out there at the moment being pushed as healthy? Okay. But we think in the future they'll show us that it's the other way around. And it's surprising the amount of stuff that came in. But one of the things is that it's protein, over overeating protein and not so much protein, processed food and processed protein. It was the most common answer. I got something like 70 answers talking about the same. So I think at the moment people are doing so well on the fitness side of things. But remember, you cannot out-train about diet. It doesn't matter how much exercise you do. If you don't nail your nutrition, okay, you're not, you're not winning the battle. Mm. Okay, so your number one thing is nail your nutrition. So to summarise our last four weeks, exercise. Uh, yep. Important, very walking, important. Walking, amazing. Yes. Remember, you don't have to join a gym. Walking, it's amazing. I was, I tell you, when you talked on those terms, I was just delighted to hear that, that, you know, exercise. Just once you get out, get your exercise. Uh, nutrition, of course, you cover that whole area as well. And eating start well. reading labels. Yes. Understand them. Learn, make it your job to understand how to read a label. Yes. Okay. Remember, Chemicals have been pumped right, left and centre, processed food, toxic water, sprayed crops, beauty products, toothpaste, shampoos. It's everywhere. Mm. Take an interest in what you're bringing into your household. Supplementation was last week, of course, and you gave us your five uh, Mm -hmm. recommendations there as well. And then today, hydration uh, and sleep. Very important part of it. If we can combine them all, well, we can do no more, can we, Laura? I reckon we could lift to 150, (laughs) Jerry. I'm hoping for that. That's my goal. <laughs> my husband keeps joking. I wonder what your third husband will die off. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's just great. I have so enjoyed your company for the last four weeks. Thank you. Thank so you much so much for, for imparting me. your knowledge and expertise and advice to our late lunch listeners. And uh, we will be talking again. Of course, we will. Laura Mad for the moment. Thanks a million. Thank you, Jerry. I tell your story to me A hairy moment for you There's a grand if you do I need to know on the late lunch show Yes, and you are telling me your January stories and we're so grateful and we have another one for you this afternoon. Oh, it's getting near decision time. Next Wednesday is the last day of the month and we will then pick a winner for the thousand euro but standing by to tell me about her hairy moment that happened quite recently is Nolene McArdle. Hello, Nolene. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Delighted to have you with us on the show. Now, this is a fairly recent uh, occurrence for you, wasn't it? It happened recently. When? Uh, last April. We were in Tenerife. Uh, we go away on a holiday. Uh, There's four women, my sister and two friends and myself. And we go down the beach most most days, you know, just to lie in the sunbeds and have... Now, none of us can swim, you know what I mean? But we only go in literally a little bit into the water. And uh, it was the second last day of the holiday we went in. It was fairly calm in the water. We just went in to cool off. And um, next to my friend went back to get... One of my friends went back to get my other friend. She's very scared of the water. So 
we she came out anyway and we were just bop, while we were waiting on my friend to come out me and my sister were in the water and we were bopping around and having a great time just talking about the holidays and everything was calm in the water it was grand we were delighted with ourselves my friend came out then and we were holding our hand in the middle I was one side she was in the middle and my sister was on the other side then and um, next, we could see, me and my sister could see a big, huge wave about two foot high coming, two stories high, I mean, um, coming in. And we were so near it. And I just said, looked at my sister and she looked back at me. We said nothing to my friend because we knew she'd be very frightened. And we just, I just said to myself, I hope to God we we still survive this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So next it came crashing, crashing in on us. And over we went, and we were turned around like a washing machine, like stuffing away. It was so frightening. And um, that was grand. So we came in, and I could see, all of a sudden, I could see sand, and I thought I'd be able to kneel. And I kneeled up, and I put my hand, and I started shouting, help, help, help. And with that, um, another wave came and took us under again. Uh, my friend was like, I could see my friend just happened to see her and she was lying out straight. So I didn't know what was happening. I was trying to show survive, you know what I mean, to get us. So with that, another wave came and took us out again. I kind of remembered nothing after that. My friend doesn't remember anything at all. Yeah. My sister barely remembers. She only remembers the first bit of it. So then all I remember was just um, a woman and a man taking me out and I could see the lifeguard coming and taking my friend out and my other friend and a man took my sister out but it was so scary at the time, you know. But um, thank God we all survived it and um, we all got home, you know what I mean? But my. when we went back to the sunbeds, the lifeguard asked us, were we okay in that, you know what I mean? And yeah. we were grand. We actually had a funny, my, my friend's um, bikini top came down so we were trying to cover her up <laughs> while explaining to the lifeguard that we were okay. Yes. But thank God we were all okay. So we went back to the sunbeds anyway, lying down, and we were talking about her and reminiscing, you know, and next I said, God, I'm missing something, and it was my glasses, my prescription glasses. They went out to sea, so oh. there was fish out in Tenerife with them on them. <laughs> <laughs> A fish with much better eyesight. But look at, seriously, uh, it was a very, very scary moment for you when that wave struck and you were just taken off your feet. And lucky there were people about uh, and lifeguards to rescue you uh, and your friend as well and get you from from the water. It could have been so much different, Nolene. It could have been, yeah, because we were actually saying, like, we could have been one of the friends could have been ringing Paddy Townley. Do you know what I mean? Like to get us home. Mm. Thank God. And for and anyone listening, Paddy out. Townley is a well-known undertaker. And my God, when you think of it in those terms, it could have been an an absolute tragedy at the end of the day. Can you swim? No, we can't swim. And um, I was out in Thailand four years before that, and we went on a trip. Um, and the time difference is, you know, like when it's daytime here, it's nighttime over there. You know yourself. And um, we were out on a boat trip and it was, uh, you could get on a kayak and me and my partner got on a kayak and we were grand. It was, I was on the front and he was on the back. This is another experience. And um, he, uh, someone bumped into us and with that the waves came and thrown us overboard. Complete, I was completely under the kayak 
and my partner had to come and rescue me. Like he, I couldn't swim at all. You know, I was a life jacket on me, but we were two hours out to sea. Oh. So I've had an awful lot of... Oh, not good, not good. You better go and take those swimming lessons. Anyway, uh, Nolene, thank you for joining me to tell your story. Appreciate it. You're in the mix. You're in the mix. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Nolene. Guys. Take care thank of yourself. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Nolene McCardle there. Apologies for the quality on the line there. It's... Uh, it's hard enough sitting here to listen to it, never mind you out there in late lunch land. Uh, you're at late lunch on LMFM radio this uh, Thursday afternoon. We are heading to a break and after the break, we're joined by a wonderful young man. You've met him before in late lunch, but we have an update. Jack Cavan is with me next. I met my next guest. He came into us here in late lunch some years ago. What a fantastic young man he is. Uh, about 12 years ago at this stage, He had a life-changing accident and he told us all about that when he was with us previously. But he's back with me today because there's an update, many updates on his life story. Jack Kavanagh, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. How are you? I'm really good and uh, delighted to see all that's going on in your life. Hey, before we get into this, how was the Pendulum Summit for you? Really enjoyable, a couple of days. You know, um... They have speakers from all all over the world joining on stage, and and it's really interesting to hear perspectives um, from around the world. But but what was wonderful was that uh, we had eight homegrown speakers as well over over the two days sharing insights on a number of different uh, areas. From um, Brian Penny speaking about his journey through addiction and and life thereafter to John Lonergan and. Um, teaching us about what we can learn from his time in the prison services and and then um, I would actually say that the Pendulum Summit this year felt very grounded to an Irish audience mm. um, and, and I mean that with the international speakers as well um, so it was a fantastic experience and you know what um, it's an inspiring couple of days and it, and it recharges you um, um, ahead of uh, hopefully what will be a good year yeah, and uh, the 10th year of it as well this year, very special pendulum. And you up there on the stage rubbing shoulders uh, with all these greats. A couple of names I saw there, Wim Hof was there, Harry Redknapp, of course, and many others besides. But you got a great reaction, Jack, to you and, and, and what you spoke about to the audience. Just remind our listeners, will you, because it's a while since you've been here, what happened to you almost 12 years ago? Yeah, well, um, I, I suppose... It's it's just over eleven, nearly twelve years now, and um, I, I suppose very simple. I was at the age of twenty, um, world at my feet. Um, you know, you're out in the world exploring, and I just come off the back of a summer working in the west of Ireland as a water sports instructor and a lifeguard, and I went away for a couple of days with some close friends for a holiday, and on the first day, had an accident on a beach where I dived into the water and miscalculated how shallow it was and my head collided with a sandbank and in that moment I, I fractured and dislocated the fifth vertebrae in my neck and you know the implications of of a simple moment um doing so many things something I'd done so many times before were quite profound you know um I spent uh, 28 days in intensive care uh, 28 days in high dependency unit 49 days fully ventilator dependent and and 196 days in in rehab and and the realities on the other side of that is that i had acquired a spinal cord injury 
Um, technically, I'm quadriplegic. I have about 15% muscle function remaining, which is my shoulders, biceps, and wrists. And um, it dramatically uh, altered the way that I interact with many parts of my life, but it certainly hasn't been the end of the story. Uh, just, just a new beginning. Yeah, for sure. And my word, have you... Uh, you know, achieved so much in the interim. What what caught our attention? Pendulum. I, I was I, I I follow Pendulum myself, and I saw you were there as well. But talk to me uh, about this wonderful news of yours in conjunction with the people in DCU. This exosuit. Tell us about this. Yeah, well, one one of the things that that has been incredibly important in my life has been. To maintain uh, a high level of activity and and um, and physical activity following my spinal injury, and and it, the same is true for for any human. You know, we're designed to be up and mobile and active. And while I am a full time wheelchair user, and that is the reality, um, what the exoskeleton allows is for me to essentially become a, a real life transformer for. Uh, uh, once or once once a week when I go to DCU and I get into the exoskeleton. Now, the first time I engaged with the exoskeleton was about uh, a year after I had my injury, and and I have uh, had the opportunity to to use it a number of times in the years after my injury, both in their headquarters in San Francisco and in London, and and doing some demonstrations in Ireland. But the amazing thing is that DCU has funded a project where um, the exoskeleton and the walking with that exoskeleton has been made available more publicly. Mm. And so what what it entails is, you know, I'll I'll arrive in in the DCU sports campus and I go in, um, my measurements have been taken and the suit will be set up with my measurements when I arrive. I'm assisted into the suit, which straps on at your your ankles, your knees, hips, and, and you have um, an upper body uh, support for your posture as well. And then um, I, I will walk with, with Ronan or Matt or Dave, whoever happens to be there on the day D, and, um, and they will assist me with my balance as the robot assists me taking steps. And depending on um, the neurological condition that you have, whether it's a, a spinal injury or a stroke or MS or a number of others, um, you can grade the assistance that the exoskeleton will give you. Now, initially the thrill is, you know, to stand up and to yes. walk and that sense of progress and, you know, being upright and giving a family member or a partner a big hug. Um, but that begins to, to wear off and you start to get um realize, wow, there's there's all the physical benefits that come with this. And then you get competitive with yourself and you're trying to improve your your step count or your 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 uh, posture as you walk and your gait and your pattern. And um, the amazing thing that they found um, uh, while they researched there from the focus groups is that people that go walking there then adopt other health-seeking behaviors outside of their sessions so that they can put their body in a good position so they can maintain the walking and 
So it's this virtuous cycle that that is is really beneficial for both the individual and that ripple spreads out. Oh, I was looking at you in the the last few days at the video that's been posted of that of you. As you say, there's some thrill in it, but beyond that, there's more that you want. And that's you all the time. You're always looking to push on. Besides the exosuit, um, you've been so busy uh, hand cycling. What did you do? You were doing 100 kilometres a day uh, last summer, were you? (laughs) <laughs> um, not not a day. Um, I think I I I might have survived the summer if that was the case. <laughs> but uh, but when you but were out on the bike, not, yeah, it was a hundred. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so look, I I set the target last year. So as I said, I have about fifteen percent muscle function, and um, you know, you're told a lot of things that you will never. And my story has been, I suppose, bit by bit challenging those and and trying to change the narrative of of um the the what we expect of of people with diverse or different abilities and and i'm challenging myself and and one of the things that i've picked up is hand cycling i i absolutely love it it's taken a little while to find the right equipment Mm. um but but it's it's a real joy to be out on the greenways around ireland it's an excuse to get out exploring in nature with family and friends and and for me the beauty of it is um i have always uh um felt most alive i think when i'm on the edge physically and or finding my edge physically and this is one of the ways i did it so i trained um all summer to to attempt doing uh, 100 kilometers in a day and and we got it done at the end of the you summer did. there so um we'll maybe reset the bar again <laughs> <laughs> listen a hundred kilometers is some achievement. Well done to you. Well done. It's a fantastic milestone for you. And and I believe you're back in the boat. Are you're doing a bit of sailing again? Yeah. So look, these are these are all the the things that uh, the environments, I suppose, that make me feel alive. And I love to be in the outdoors. Um, and and getting back on the water was was an ambition of mine. You know, I had a big passion for the water before I was injured and finding ways to re-engage with that and um, uh, took me a little bit of time because I think I was grieving the way that I had previously engaged with it and so I've tried different things from from um, whitewater rafting to, to kayaking and and sailing and and I think I've sort of found peace with the new ways that I engage with the water and and uh, found a new sense of enjoyment from it as well and um, but you know you always wonder, I suppose, um, after life changes in the way it did for me, um, uh, will I get back? And then it's like more of a question of, no, how will I get back? And I think the story is uh, of humanity is has always been one of, you know, adapting and overcoming and innovating to solve problems. And and that's very much the case with adaptive sports. Um, uh, and it's just the case of, well, how do we make this possible? It is possible, but just how? And that can be down to the mental approach we take, the people that you surround yourself with, and then the practical, physical adaptions that you might need to do. Um, but there, there always is a way, and, and there's great people um, uh, in the world that are, that are there to help on, on that journey as well.
you are certainly leading the way, may I say, Jack Cavanagh, with all you're doing. You're such an inspiration. And uh, there's always, you know, people watching and following you. You know this as well, that you inspire immensely. It's fantastic. Tell me about the the the, the job, the pharmacist job. Are, uh, are you still, you know, working at pharmacy? Because I know you have your own company now on motiv- providing talks on motivation, performance, health and well-being too. Yeah, so I suppose I, I qualified as a pharmacist and I worked in a number of different roles over the years from from patient-facing roles to sort of research and innovation. Um, and what I what I found was I, I love the patient interaction, um, but I, I had to be honest with myself and say, you know, practically um, some of the physical elements of the job are just challenging and they're awkward and, and others are better placed um, uh, delivering those and so um and that was a frustration that that i encountered and i said well what are my skill sets and how can i how can i take the training that i have and, and maybe expand um the the horizon as to my perspective on a health professional so i've always had a skill set for communication and and so i deliver um as you said uh work um with companies and, and young people i'm just coming from a school in Cavan. Um, where where I did some work with uh, a group of six years uh, today, but I got increasingly involved in in work in other areas. So I've been um, involved with the National Disability Authority on their board for the last five years and got great exposure and insights there. And over the last uh, two years or so, I've been working on a number of projects with the World Health Organization. So um, initially looking at um, the health and well-being um, of young people in Europe, and then more recently um, working with policy um, in terms of uh, the way in which we make healthcare more inclusive for people with disabilities across Europe and how that's implemented. So um, uh, life has has taken me down some interesting paths. Um, and what's been very interesting is, you know, um, the policy the policies that are are made and sometimes feel a little bit abstract the more i've learned about uh policy and and that world the more i realize this plays into the way that we live our lives you know subtle policy changes whether it be in europe or in 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 our constitution you know we've got referendums coming up and, mm. and so on and um, these kind of things they actually really um uh translate to our lived experience day to day and so that's been really interesting bringing my experience um um as a health professional but also as someone with a lived experience um um into those areas and and so that's been fascinating but i suppose i'm always um uh looking to find uh novel ways to use uh to to use the things i've learned and been exposed to but more than that to keep learning because um curiosity is a big part of who i am it certainly is. You're a wonderful fella, I have to say. And uh, you, you, you've found your, your path now for sure. And I, I just hear it and we hear it from your voice there, the enthusiasm for what you're doing now. Listen, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking time to join me on the show today. I wish you well with everything you do. It's been too long since we spoke. And uh, admiration, we so admire you, Jack. Thanks a million. Absolute pleasure. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Jack Cavanagh there. What a wonderful, wonderful man he is. And I use the word inspiration. 
quite uh, a bit on this show but that that man is a true a true inspiration he really really is you're with late lunch on LMFM radio we break back in a moment Yes, no can there and the big hit stick season top of the pops at the moment. Thank you for all your messages on the scammers and we've got quite a lot on late lunch uh, this afternoon. Jerry, just to say that this scam, this tarmac scam has been happening for 30, 40 years. We've a bit over. Yours would be uh, just right for this and to push it in there. And um, we'll be back tomorrow and, you know, all this type of stuff, says a listener. It's very familiar. It's been going on years, they say. Yes, but there seems to be quite a bit of it about at the moment. Um, let me go back to my other messages here and read some of these for you. Um, where are we there? Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, Jerry. Uh, we had a similar situation when a man called to the house. Again, he said we had some tarmac over. Uh, you have a few holes there. I'd like to fill them for you. But we refused and had to be really strong in refusing, Jerry. You've got to say no, uh, says Rose. Uh, another one there. This happened to uh, our neighbour. The men were very threatening and abusive, Jerry. She did not. She had awful trouble with them and had to have the uh, tarmac removed that they put down and had it redone. She had an absolutely terrible experience. Paddy from Kilbeg. Same thing happened to him a number of years ago. He was putting up a fence. A couple of men stopped. They were very threatening and abusive. It went on for uh, an hour or more. He had to call the guardian and ask them to leave. Frank was on. Yes, another old scam, Jerry, that's reappearing again. Here's another one from uh, a listener today. A scammer uh, called to us around six months ago, Jerry. He was trying to clear our gutters, but had no ladders to do it. He was promising he could realign and repair them. Pushed his way into the house and out the backyard. He ended up threatening to steal uh, an old sewing machine that we really value. We got rid of him eventually uh, and I'll tell you one thing it was one of a very scary experience. There's a picture in as well sent to us. I better not read it out now but I have a picture here of do you know something? I just see it here. That guy called to my house the other day. I have a picture of of, of a, a card or a flyer that was left in the house and would you believe it? That guy called to my house, the other, or a guy from this crowd called to my house uh, asking me would I like the roof cleaned or anything done with the driveway. And I said, leave that with me. I'll be back to you. <laughs> Good job. I looked at him. Now, he looked very respectable. That's the thing about it. Do you know what I mean, Louise? He really looked the part. He presented himself well and he handed me and it looks very professional at that. But there's somebody sending it in to us say, don't touch these guys either. He's uh, um, And... Uh, that seems to be the thing about mm. them. You know, you you can be duped, you know. And we're moving from tarmac to something else I know there as well. And they're so professional. I think the only thing to do, if you see a van like a description, really just put on the WhatsApp and either ring somebody or record the call. Yes. That if they do the work and say, oh, no, you agreed, you yeah. have it. You have it and say, no, I actually didn't. Yeah. Another one there. Why did that club allow them near the place or allow them in at all? Well, if you listen to Mark McArdle, they sort of force their way in, Louise, mm. don't they? They really barge by you. You know that type of thing, if I could describe it like that, and they're in before you know. I understand what you're saying. Thank you for all the comments. Do appreciate it. The Late Lunch Artist, Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. 
You do know it's Barry Manilow all this week. And on a personal level, did you know Manilow married his high school sweetheart, Susan Dexler, in 1964. But the marriage only lasted a year and was annulled in 1966. Roll on to 1978 and Manilow jumped ship and began a relationship with a man called Gary Keefe, who became his manager. He kept it low-key for years. In fact, you won't believe this, until 2015, when rumours circulated of his marriage to Keefe. In fact, he only officially declared that he was gay in 2017. Can you believe it? And that is very recently. The reason he did, he said he feared that him making it public would alienate him from his vast female fan base. Do you know that Manlow has a stepdaughter through his husband's previous marriage and an adopted granddaughter? In 1994, here's one for you. Radio station KBIG in Los Angeles ran an advertising campaign encouraging listeners to tune into the station because they didn't play any of Manlow's music. Manilow's management sued for $28 million. No doubt the advertisement was withdrawn. It certainly was. In song today from his 1976 album, the album was called This One's For You, released in 77. My number today from Manilow is about ex-lovers finding happiness with others. It topped the charts in the USA, becoming his third single to be declared gold. That's huge sales. It really is. Yes, Barry this afternoon and looks like we made it. There you are Looking just the same as you did last time I touched you And here I am Close to getting tangled up inside the thought of you as I love her Will that love be strong When old feelings start to stir Artist of the Week on Late Lunch this week. And looks like we made it. Big number one in America, gold for him. He had five, actually, singles that were classified gold in the States. And uh, we'll bring you more about Barry and Words and Song round about this time tomorrow afternoon on Late Lunch. I was just looking at that story in the paper today. Did you see it about the pizzeria owner in northern Italy in a little place called Sant'Angelo Lodigano? Uh, a well-known pizzeria, Pizzeria Levingoli, there a long, long, long time. I got a bad review from a customer. And the the owner chef, uh, Giovanna Pedretti, uh, a lovely woman, highly regarded in our community, just replied to the bad review and said, look, thanks, but please don't come again. And uh, got great support. It went national, the story. But then the trolls weighed in and the the story took a twist. And the poor woman, she drowned herself. Isn't that just shocking from an online situation? 
absolutely shocking. Horrific story. It's in the Times today. I was just reading a little bit earlier on. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. Short break. And we're hoping uh, we have people out there who can help our next guest. Yes, Joseph Quinn from Leinster Horse and Pony Rescue in Trim is joining me. And welcome back to Late Lunch to Joseph Quinn, who's Operations Manager with Leinster Horse and Pony Rescue in Trim. Hi, Joseph. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. Uh, you were in touch with us this morning by email uh, and you want to make an appeal. You say that you may have drastic decisions to take in the near future about some of your horses and ponies. What do you mean? Yeah, so look, unfortunately at the moment, um, rehoming levels are down significantly compared to last year. Um, so, you know, we find ourselves in a situation where the rescue centre is full to capacity and um, our foster network are full to capacity with horses. And most of these horses are actually waiting for new homes. So usually they would be horses in rehabilitation, but they're actually horses waiting for their homes. And we just find rehoming has come to a halt. So we're really facing, you know, a situation where while we have an no-kill policy, we may have to look at, you know, drastic decisions on some horse because we're not a sanctuary and um, we are a rescue we need to be a conveyor belt in and out because you know we've mm-hmm. a wait, waiting list of horse to come in so yeah we're quite worried to be honest okay so this means that you may have to put some of the animals asleep uh, to use a, a polite term if, if the situation doesn't change is the reason you're still getting the same throughput but you're not finding oh yeah uh, people who are going to rehome these animals so um what's gone wrong what, what do you feel is behind this yeah so throughput is up output is down um which isn't um, the model that we need. Um, it needs to be the opposite way around. Um, the costs have gone up. Our costs are up significantly. And um, like everything, you know, bedding is going up, hay is going up, and our hay is also quite difficult to get after the wettest July on record. So that combined um, land at the moment is quite wet, so people aren't really wanting to take on an extra, you know, four legs and another mouth to feed. Um, but I suppose the public expectation for rescue centres is that we keep taking, 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 but yet there's nothing going out. So, unfortunately, we can't take mm-hmm. any more horses now until we rehome a good number that is in our care. What have you, in terms of uh, uh, ponies and horses and age spread, have you young animals? Have you animals in midlife, yeah. older animals? What Just ex- what have you there yeah. that people might be interested in? Wide range, um, Shetland ponies to turbreds and... Um, young energetic you know yearlings to you know if you're a middle-aged senior horses we have everything to be honest um and there is a kind of perception out there that rescue horses can't aren't good enough but we've had horses to go on and compete in the rds local horse show so you know if you put the work in you'll definitely yeah. you know what you put in you'll get out from like it's yeah they can really go on to do big things mm. So I'm sure this is ringing a bell with some people out there today listening to us who love uh, their horses, ponies, Shetlands, whatever breed as well. And perhaps they have a, a space or, or an opportunity. How, how do people get in touch with you? Do they call into you? What's the best way to contact you? 
Yeah, so if they go onto our website, www.lensterhorsenponyrescue.com, um, everything about rehoming is there, the adoption policy, um, application forms. Um, we just then do a small, you know, quick home check to make sure that the, the premises are suitable for the horse, Have a, you know, make sure the person is suitable for the animal. We try and match up the animal with the person the best we can. Um, so, yeah, the, our website or they can call us on 046-94-50512 and our adoption coordinator, Ashley, who does a great job. She's, you know, ready to take your call and talk you through the process. So the economic pinch is one thing on both sides, you know, yeah. would you getting more animals through and, and, and not being adopted? What, what about the whole area of animals that are uh, neglected? And this is- yeah, and this is a problem, you know, rescue-wide. It's not just horses, you yes, know. I know for speak with other yeah, rescues, dog, yeah. you know, dog rehoming yeah. is down. And, yeah. you know, and we all really are struggling. We can't just keep taking. There has to be output as well. Like, yeah. Where do you put all these animals? Mm, you know, we don't mm. have endless space. We're a small setup. Yeah. And like I said, our foster homes are full as well. So, yeah. um, what about neglect? Just come on to neglect yeah. for a moment. Is that still a big factor in, in, in the uh, animals that come into you? It is, yeah. We've taken in a good uh, last year. We took in um, more horses than we did in the first, you know, in twenty nineteen and twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one put together. So last year was our busiest year, and um, since we opened the gates there in Kiltoom, so neglect is still out there. Um, okay, it's not every single day we come across it, but it's definitely, you know, it's still a massive, massive problem. And if costs keep going up, it could get a whole lot worse. It's sad to hear this. It really is. Anyway, look, I, I, yeah. the message is out there. The appeal is out there. Please, yeah. if you can help at all, if rehome, you can take an don't animal. buy. Yeah, rehome. That's the message. Rehome, yes. don't buy. Leinster Horse and Pony Rescue. Check them out. They're all over the place online. The numbers are there. Give them a shout and uh, they'd be delighted to talk to you. Thank you for joining me today, Joseph. Wish Lovely. you well. No problem, Jerry. Thank you. Take Thank care you. yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you can help, do. Bye, that's it. Eddie Caffrey on his way with uh, The Drive. See you tomorrow for Friday Show Half One. Leave you in the company of Taylor Swift and Cruel Summer. See you tomorrow. People dream high in the quiet of the night. You know that I cut it. Bad, bad boy, sunny Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.